Hi, this is Carly, Recovered Alcoholic. We are in episode 29. I'm so grateful that we are back talking about step nine. This is where we actually are allowed to finally go out to humans and try to repair the damage that we did. It's really the first time we're amongst the regular people in the world because up to this time, we're really only with our sponsor and in AA meetings and doing our work, but we're not like allowed to talk to other humans and like cause problems or anything, hopefully. And now we're going to go out and try to fix what we did. Before I get into this, I just want to share, of course, my Gabe story. Um, They talk about in this book that 9 out of 10 times the person that we harmed is happy to see us and doesn't throw us out of their office. And what I'd like to share out of my bitter experience is when I didn't listen to my sponsor, what happened? So when I first made my 8-step list, on my list, I wanted to make my my now column was all my ex-boyfriends. Because I wanted to make amends to all of them so they could see how great I looked sober and we could hopefully get back together because I didn't like being alone. And then on my never list was all my family and like my jobs and school and work and people I didn't want to make amends to. Me and my sponsor went over those lists and she helped me realize that I needed my lists were switched around wrong. And the guys did not need to see me. I'd done enough damage and my motives were not pure and stayed away from them very clearly and I needed to get willingness so I can make amends to the people I really harmed and my sponsor specifically told me no you are not going to go to make amends to Gabe Gabe does not want to see you he told you the last time that he was in love with you and you were a total horrible person to him and no 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 so this is before there were smartphones I don't even think I had a cell phone I don't even know what maybe I had like like a black and white teeny little cell phone I don't remember But I was a year, maybe a year sober, and I was living in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, Gabe was living in Athens, Ohio, and he was the one that I let get away because I was so sick, and he was such a good guy, and I'm an idiot, and my sponsor said, no, do not make amends to him. He told me that he did not want me um, to see me, and I believed the lie that he would change his mind when he saw me, so I drove three and a half, four hours to Athens, Ohio from Cleveland and didn't tell my sponsor. I got to Gabe's um, house. I was so nervous. I thought I was going to throw up. I knocked on the door. It was pouring rain. He opened the door. He did not invite me in. He let me into his laundry room, which was like outdoors. He wouldn't even let me in his house. And he's like, what, what do you want? He was not happy to see me. He did not give me a hug and embrace me and tell me that I'm the best thing that's ever happened to him. And he's so grateful I've come back to harm him for the 17th time he said what do you want and I didn't even talk about this with my sponsor because she told me not to convince him so I remembered what they said in the book and I said I think I've harmed you and I want to know what I can do to make it right so that's not what I was supposed to say I was supposed to say not I think I've harmed you or if I've harmed you which is so condescending I know I harmed them I just did an inventory about it I was supposed to say if I was allowed to make amends to him I was a horrible girlfriend and the way that I treated you and the way that I messed with your mind and your heart was so wrong and I'm embarrassed at my behavior and you didn't deserve to be treated like that and I can't take it back but I want to know if there's anything I can do to make this right and that should have happened after I called or contacted or emailed or messaged him to say would you be willing to make to sit with me so I can make amends to you not showing up on his door unexpected I would have made an appointment to meet him for coffee at a neutral location and I would have done that after he said he wanted to meet with me and if they want to know why you want to meet with them, you tell them. I want to make amends to you. I don't tell them I'm an AA. It has nothing to do with that. 
So I say my stupid line to him and he says, he pauses and he stares at me and I'm so nervous and I can already tell it's not going to go well. And he says, you want to know what you can do? You could never, ever come near me ever again for the rest of my life. And he closed the door of the laundry room and went inside. And I was like, my mouth, my jaw was on the floor and I had to turn around and leave and get in my car and cry And guess how many people I was close to in AA at that time? One. And I had to call my sponsor and cry and tell her what happened. And she said, where are you? And I said, Athens, Ohio. And she said, what? And that's the Gabe story. I went to make amends to someone who I wasn't supposed to make amends to. I clearly was told by my sponsor, do not make amends to this person. He does not want to see you. I went to make amends to him. I ruined that tool. Have you ever tried... I'm not really great with handy things. Have you ever tried to screw an electric screwdriver um, to screw a screw into the wall and then you do it too fast and then you've stripped the hole and or you've stripped the screw or whatever and it no longer is capable of screwing in because there's nothing for it to grab onto and you've literally made it so you can't use it. That's what I did to Gabe and I did that to more than Gabe. I did it to any, basically any guy I could go near because I used guys for my security. And that humiliating drive home where I was snotting and crying and hyperventilating and smoking and had to, you know, eat the humble pie. I tell the Gabe story to any girl whenever I'm working with her on this step. And I say, listen, from my mistake, when people don't want you to make amends to them, it's because of a reason. It's because we've harmed them. And I had to realize that I harmed him so much that what he wanted from me was to never, ever see me again. And I haven't. Um, So, that's the Gabe story. So it says, probably there are still some misgivings as we look over the list. I underlined the words, the list, on the bottom of 76. And I wrote above it, step eight. That's the list we're talking about. So don't burn that list either. Of business acquaintances and friends, we have hurt. I underlined, we have hurt. And it says, we may feel diffident. It's not about what they did to me. We already had that time in the fourth step and the fifth step. Now it's about who have I hurt. We may, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured to some people we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. I wrote on the bottom, my only business is to behave well. My only business is to behave well. My job is not to go there and say, I'm on step nine in the amends part, and this is what I need to do, or else I'm not going to stay sober. They don't need to know anything about that. I wrote on the side, make restitution for the things done in the past. Make restitution for the things done in the past. So I need to make it right. On the top of 77, I wrote, I am responsible for the way I am today. I am responsible for the way I am today, which means I need to go out and fix my problems. And then if I don't like my life today or if I don't like the way my relationships are going today, I'm the one who's responsible for that. I have my part in it and I know how to look for my part in it. And I can do that with my sponsor through inventory, prayer, meditation and reparation. And that's my responsibility. And the other thing I wrote on the top of 77 is I wrote willingness to make amends Willingness to make amends allows us to become free. Allows us to become free. And then I wrote face to face. 
My sponsor is very, very clear about this. The book says made direct amends. I hurt people in front of them. So I'm not going to get to text them or iMessage them or Facebook message them or whatever social media I want to use or write them a letter. I tried doing all those things and they didn't work. I need to look them in the eyeball. If I have someone that lives far away or in another country or someone that lives in a state that I'm not going to be at, and I can't afford to get to them, then I can make amends to them on Skype or on FaceTime or whatever it is for whatever your phone is. There's ways digitally that we can do that. I have a sponsee that used to do that, and she would sit in front of them and eyeball to eyeball, and it's very uncomfortable to make amends to someone while you're holding your phone or your computer, and you're looking at them, and they can see immediately if you look away. And you can see if after you say to them that I, I was not the right person, I did not treat you the right way, what the reaction is. And the reason for that is we need and we deserve to look at the people we've harmed to see what it, their face looks like when we make amends to them. And they deserve to see our face. So that's when we do that. It says we might prejudice them at the moment we are trying to put our lives in order. I underline trying to put our lives in order because that's a reminder of what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. The reason why I make amends isn't to be a good girl. The reason why I make amends is to clear the hallway. So if we think of my hallway that we were talking about and all the junk that's in it, four and five, me and my sponsor pull everything out into the burning room. We put everything in boxes and we label each box. Mom, dad, boss, sister, brother, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And we put all the junk in the boxes, all the garbage in the boxes, everything. And we line them up and stack them against the wall from floor to ceiling and there's just enough room to like go sideways through really hard shimmy just enough room the eighth and ninth step and we look at six and seven we look at all that stuff in the hallway and we say i don't want to live like this i want to be free i want to be able to dance and spin and breathe in my hallway eight and nine is identifying who i need to make amends to and how i'm going to make amends to them and what i'm going to do with each box so my sponsor and i look at the box and it says mom on it and we identify what i need to do with all the stuff in that box and i need to go to my mom and i need to do this and i need to do that and i need to pay her back for this or i need to get rid of that and once i make that amends that box is out of my hallway and the goal is to make it so there's no boxes in my hallway because anything that's in my hallway is blocking me from god me from me and me from you and i want to be able to breathe and dance and paint my hallway and decorate it and hang things up and make it smell good and light candles and have a sanctuary. I underline and starred our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It says right there what my real purpose is. This is exciting to me. I never knew what my purpose was forever and I still forget what am I supposed to do here on earth? What's my job? It tells me on 77, my real purpose is to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Above the word ourselves, I wrote action. And I'll tell you, for me, what I need to do today at 19 years sober is different than what I need to do at 9 years sober and is different than what I need to do at 9 months sober. For me today, besides staying sober, which is one of the things I need to do, I need to meditate, I need to pray, I need to inventory daily, I need to reach out to my sponsor, I need to... Um, respond to my sponsees. I need to exercise. I need to, to pray. I need to eat healthy. I need to be a good parent so I feel good about myself. I need to be a good partner. I need to go to work. I need to show up in AA. I need to be a good society member. My list has gotten so much longer about how I can be of maximum service. I need to get enough sleep, right? So 
as we go along this path, this spiritual path, we get to learn what I need to do through trial and error, through not doing the right thing, through staying up too late or eating junk and realizing, oh, I really need to do this or that or can't do this or that. And then we realize how what we need to do to be of maximum service. And also, depending on what's happening in our life, what that looks like is going to change, right? So it says, it is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? I underlined, we may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message. And we're going to be looking at this idea for the rest of our sobriety in our lives. Is we don't want to mess up a future opportunity. So don't get somebody all uncomfortable with us because we're constantly walking around talking about AA. But our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. I underline the last two sentences, or last part of the paragraph. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. I wrote on the side, how am I living? Question mark. How am I living? And then where it says demonstration of goodwill, I wrote action. And this is still my truth. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me. You say you're going to be a good son. What is that going to look like? Show up to my house early. Help me set up. Help me break down. Help me clean up. Don't complain. Don't steal my stuff, right? So what's it going to look like? We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. I underlined, when it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. So we don't want to shove it in someone's face. I underlined the next one, two, three sentences. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him, and though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, I kept underlining, we, with the person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. Let's go back to the question of how to approach the man we hated. I circled the man we hated. I underlined the E-D and hated. It's in past tense. I wrote on the side, no longer hate. So the goal and the good news here, the promise is by the time we get through one through nine, we're no longer going to hate somebody. We're going to see our part in it and we're going to have empathy and we're going to pray for willingness to get to a place where we want to make amends to them. And the book tells me to pray if I don't have that. After the part we underlined, it says, It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial. I underlined, to us. I underlined the next sentence, and I wrote on the side, How to go to amends. So this is the way we want to behave when we make amends. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. I double underlined the word our and our. We're not talking about what they did. So when we go to somebody that did something wrong, we talk about our part. When I made amends to my father, he was eight years sober and I was one year sober. And I said to my sponsor, that's BS. Why do I need to make amends to him? He never made amends to me. And she said, this is not your father's inventory. This is yours. And after arguing with her, I was told that if I wanted to get free and get sober, I needed to do this work. And I sat him down and I made amends to him and it was a beautiful process. Our journey has been real bumpy, but it was, I'm grateful that I didn't wait for him to make amends to me. Um, above the next paragraph, I wrote why I need to do step nine. I wrote it really big and I highlighted those words. Why I need to do step nine. And it says, under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. So under no condition, which means 
if when I make amends to them, they say, you were a horrible person to me, and then they list for an hour all the things I did, and they make me watch a movie of all of the screenshots of all the text messages that I sent them where I call them horrible names, and they take pictures of me cheating on them, and they show me videos of that they hired a PI that they caught. I need to sit there and take it and just shut up. My sponsor said that when he made amends to his dad, his sponsor prepared him to keep his mouth shut as soon as he was done making the amends. And his dad went on for a long time and had a field day with him. I underlined and starred, simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. Because there's only so much I can do, but it's my job. So I don't talk about the drinking. I can tell them, look, I, I understand that you don't want me to make these amends. So I'm not talking about Gabe. I'm talking about, like, my grandma. My grandma's like, no, honey, I love you. I'm just glad you're sober. We can say to her, grandma, thank you so much. I love you so much. I need to do this for my sobriety. I need to do this because I need to make it right. I need to acknowledge what I did to you. We're not going to put it on them and say, I'm not going to be able to be sober if you don't listen to this. That's not what it's saying. I underlined, we are there to sweep off our side. A double underline the words, our side. We are there to sweep off our side of the street. Realizing that nothing worthwhile, I kept underlining, can be accomplished until we do so. I underlined, never trying to tell him what he should do. So that's really important. I put a star next and never trying to tell him what he should do. I underlined, his faults are not discussed. And then I underlined and circled, we stick to our own. No matter what, we do not talk about what they did. And then I underlined, if our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. I wrote on the side, as long as doing step nine, as long as doing step nine with the guidance of a sponsor. With the guidance of a sponsor. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens, unless you went with like did a Gabe. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault. So few of you are standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. I underlined. We have made our demonstration done our part. A double underline done our part. My job is to clean up my side of the street. If the person does not clean up their side of the street, we don't kick a can and complain about it to our sponsor it's water over the dam and next to it i wrote over equals free i'm free once i've done it and then my the rest of my job is to not do it again i bracketed the next paragraph and i wrote the money symbol or you can write the word money this is about money It says, most alcoholics owe money. We do not dodge our creditors, telling them what we are trying to do. We make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway, whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. I underline, we must. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go. I underlined, for we are liable to drink if we are afraid to face them. And above liable to drink, I wrote, underneath I wrote, and die. So I owed money to some stores that were no longer around. And what me and my sponsor came up with was that that I still owed that money. Um, It was not my money to keep. I needed to return that money to the universe. And so I picked um, a cause or a foundation to anonymously donate to and then I was not allowed to share it with people 
that I did it. I'm just sharing with you that that's a tool that we can use when we can't financially make amends. There was some public stores that I needed to make amends to, and at the time, um, with what I was doing in my life, having my name publicly on paper saying what I did, um, connected to stealing, I was concerned about that. So me and my sponsor came up with, I did, um, I went to the bank and I got a cashier's check and, um, I wrote a note to the manager of the store cause it was a huge store and I sent it and signed anonymous and the money was not mine. I returned it to the store. Um, I will owe money for the rest of my life to the universe because the amount of money I've taken from my family, from my parents, from the world, from stealing people's time and wasting people's time and money and energy, I just, I owe. So I, I'm not someone who is wealthy, unfortunately, financially, but I am someone who, when I do have extra, I give. Um, and I do everything I can to do that. It not only does it make us feel better, but I owe the universe. Um, the next paragraph I wrote crimes on the side. So this one is about crimes that you should do if you've committed a crime. Um, the next pair, I'm going to kind of skip around on the top of 79. I wrote, we must be willing to go to any lengths. We must be willing to go to any lengths. And then I wrote, can't live effectively. Can't live effectively in the moment can't live effectively in the moment if we are haunted by our past. So if I still owe amends to someone, I can't perfectly, beautifully live effectively in this moment if I'm thinking about my past and who I owe amends to and I'm worried about running into them. So I have to be willing to go to any lengths and I can't effectively live in this moment if I'm haunted by my past. Um, the next paragraph on 79, although these reparations, I underline the word rep- reparations and above it, I wrote repair and I wrote not I'm sorry. Repair, not I'm sorry. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some, I underline, general principles, which we find guiding. I wrote on the side, prayer. And I wrote, ask God for strength and direction. So I want to ask God for strength and direction. That's what I can pray for. I underline, reminding ourselves we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. I circled that to remind myself. That's the second time they just reminded me of that. We ask, and above we ask, I wrote God, not our sponsors. We ask God that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. I wrote on the side, how far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go? We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. So I know people in AA who have um, been sober, who needed to turn themselves into the authority and um, who had to serve time in jail or prison. And um, if you're lucky enough to be sitting in a big book study with one of them, hopefully they'll share that story. And if not, there are tons of stories like that in AA and we can be sober and in jail and do our deal. Um, it says the next paragraph I bracketed and I wrote on the side, consider bystanders. And this is a little story. I'm going to kind of read through this. It says usually, however, other people are involved. I underline other people. Cause we have to remember it's not only about me, you know, checking off a, a name on a list. Therefore, we need not be the hasty and foolish martyr who would necessarily sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. 
A man we know had remarried. Because of resentment and drinking, he had not paid alimony to his first wife. She was furious. She went to court and got an order out for his arrest. He had commenced our way of life and had secured a position and was getting his head above water. Above water, It would have been impressive heroics if he walked up to the judge and said, here I am. So the reason why this is something to think about and to go over with a sponsor who's got experience is if he would have gone up to the judge and said, here I am, the judge would have thrown him in jail and he would not have been able to provide for his current family or his new old family. Um, it says, we thought he ought to be willing to do that, underline, if necessary, but if he were in jail, he could provide nothing for either family. I wrote on the side, from step three and on, from step three and on, God is with us. From step three and on, God is with us. I wrote, willingness is what it takes for us to do this work. Willingness is what it takes for us to do this work. It's not going to always be fun. It's not always going to be pleasurable. My job is to clean up my side of the street. And we're going to talk more about this next week. We're only a little bit in nine. We're going to get more of it next week. It says, we suggested he write his first wife admitting his faults and asking for forgiveness. He did. I underlined and also. And above and also, I wrote demonstration. And also sent a small amount of money. He told her that he would do. He would try to do and what he would try to do in the future. He said he was perfectly willing to go to jail if she insisted. Of course she did not. And the whole situation has long since been adjusted. We're going to stop on page 80. We'll join next week and we'll finish the rest of 9. Um, and then get into the 9 step promises. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much. Use your sponsor.